you've got a Bible, open it up. Matthew chapter 6. It's going to help if you can see it for yourself. And before we begin, let's pray. Father, thank you that it's true that you hear us. You hear your people. You don't hear us because we talk loud enough or because we pile up the right amount of words. You hear us because you're gracious. Not one of us deserves to stand before you. And you let us gather like this and sing, and you hear. You let us pray, and you hear us. You've given us your word so that we can hear from you. And I pray that this morning, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we would believe what you say. And as we believe, your spirit would work among us. Change us. Make us a praying people in 2023. That's what we want, God. We want it from the heart. We want it to be sincere. We want it to be because we trust you. So do that. Do that work among us this morning. Help us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So in any intimate personal relationship, you have to talk and you have to listen. Now, I know that some people are deaf, they can't hear. Some people are mute, they're not able to speak, but they still communicate. For most of us, that means listening and talking. Some of you are really great talkers. Your friends could tell you this, but you're really bad listeners. Some of you are great listeners, but you don't ever say anything. Husbands, especially You have to do both. You have to do both. You have to talk and you have to listen. Some of you are bad at both of those things. When we start each new year, we talk about the Bible and we talk about prayer. So last week we talked about the Bible because that's where we hear from God. We need to hear from Him if we're going to have a real relationship with Him and we have to talk to Him. That's why this week... We're talking about prayer. Lord willing, next week we'll be back in the book of John, which we've been working through. Some of us are great talkers to God. We're great at praying, but we don't ever hear from Him. We don't listen. We don't ever take the time to get into this book and see what He actually has to say to us. We're just doing all the talking. Some of you are great at that. You never miss a morning in your Bible. You're great at listening, but you're terrible at praying. Most of us, dare I say all of us, need to grow in both. So that's what we're doing. We want to see how we can get better at praying. God wants you to have a real, intentional, personal, private prayer life with Him. And in this passage, Jesus is going to help us. He's going to help us. He's going to give us motivations. He's going to start by giving us a reason that we should pray. Then he's going to tell us how we should pray. So this is how we're going to walk through this text. He's going to give us a reason why we should pray, how we should pray. So in what manner should we talk to God when we talk to him? And then we're going to look at the kinds of things we should pray when we pray according to Jesus. That's what God wants for us. 
He wants you this year and me to grow in our praying, that we would depend on Him and know Him better. So let's start with why. Why in 2023 should you plan for intentional private prayer? Jesus gives a reason. Let's start in verse 5. When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. So, what are hypocrites? They're fakers. They're fake. They're acting. They act one way when people are around, and they act differently in private or when they're with a different group. And Jesus is saying there are lots of people who are like that in their relationship with God. They act like they love Him, but it's all just an act because in private, their hearts are not engaged with Him. These people, Jesus says, they stand and pray in the synagogues and the street corners to be seen by others. So they look like they're relating to God, but they're not. All they care about is relating to other people, what other people are thinking while they're acting like they're relating to God. We can all think of hypocrites, can't we? Nobody likes hypocrites, right? If you're thinking of somebody right now, you're like, ugh, hypocrites. But are you one? Are you one? Do you act a certain way when other people are around, like in a setting like this, but when you're alone, your heart's not really engaged with God? When you're alone or with a different group of friends, you behave completely differently. Jesus tells us why we do this. He says the reason we're spiritual when other people are watching us, but not when nobody's around or a different group of friends is around, is because we want people to praise us. Verse 5, when you pray... You must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. That's all they care about, is that other people would see how spiritual they are. And here's the problem with that. If you pray so that other people will see you, then all you will get from your prayers is other people seeing you. That's it. Jesus is saying people who pray in order to be seen have received their reward. That's it. You get people's praise, you get their attention, and nothing else. You don't get your prayers answered or any spiritual blessing. And Jesus wants you to know that's weak. That's a weak reward. Only getting people's praise out of your prayers is like having a winning lottery ticket and using it to blow your nose. Yes, you were able to blow your nose, but you did it at a cost. All you got from a winning lottery ticket was a clean nose. You treated it like a tissue, and that's all it will ever be to you. People who use prayer to get attention from other people are using diamonds to fill a hole in their street. Sure, it fills the pothole, 
but it's a waste of riches. Men and women who do spiritual things for other people's attention instead of God's attention are trading something infinitely precious, access to the living God for something less valuable than a used tissue. Want more for your life than to be seen and praised by others. Want more for your life than that. Jesus wants more for your life than that. Oh, and he's going to coax us, call us to get more than that. Verse 6, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who's in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Jesus wants you to be alone with God. That's what he means when he says, go into your room, shut the door, pray to your father in secret. He wants you to be with his father privately. It doesn't mean we shouldn't pray publicly. And we prayed publicly this morning together. Jesus prayed publicly. The apostles pray publicly. Churches gather together to pray in the New Testament. In the New Testament, we're commanded to pray together. It's a great thing to pray with one another. We're encouraging one another to draw near to God. And when we gather our prayers together, we get to thank Him together when He answers. This is just a parenthesis, by the way. We're going to start doing this next week. Once a month, we're going to start having prayer gatherings at the Humphreys' house from 5 to 6. So next week, it's from 5 to 6. 14th at the Humphrey House. Join us for that. We want to grow in public prayer. We believe God hears public prayer, but your private prayer is what shows most truly whether you're really depending on God or not. Your private prayer life is one of the most true measures of your spirituality. Your soul is not weighed on a scale, but it can be weighed in prayer. You might look heavy and mighty in public, but it's all just air if your private prayer life is starving. I want you to notice one more thing about private prayer from this passage. Nobody goes into their room, shuts the door, and gets down to pray in secret by accident. It doesn't happen by accident. Jesus is describing an activity that's intentional. You're going to go in your room, shut the door, and get down to pray in private. You've got to do it on purpose. You've got a plan to do it. It's great to pray throughout the day. So when you're on the bus, when you're walking, when you're driving in your car, we should pray always. The New Testament commands that. But Jesus is saying, I'm talking about something a little different. I want you on purpose to find a way to pray alone, privately. Now, some of you don't have your own room. If you shut the door, guess what? There's six other people in there with you. You're not going to pray privately, but you can still find ways to be alone. Jesus did this, didn't he? Later on in his ministry, there were probably not many times where Jesus could shut a door and be in a room by himself. So what would he do? He would sneak away. 
Luke 5.16 tells us it was his practice to withdraw to desolate places and pray. So make it a planned, you got a plan for this in 2023. Make it a planned, regular part of your life to be alone with God in prayer. And Jesus tells us that when we pray in secret, God will be there. I love this. No one else is there. That's the problem with hypocrites. They don't want to shut the door because no one else is there. But Jesus says, God's there. He's there in secret. And do you know what will happen when you pray to your father who's in secret? Your father who sees in secret will reward you. Do you believe that? He will bless you with fellowship with Him as you praise and thank Him. Eventually, He will. It may not be right away, but eventually, He will bless you with fellowship, enjoyment as you praise and thank Him. And as you ask Him things, He will give you what you ask. Or in His wisdom, He will give you something wiser. But He will reward you. Would you like that? You'll need this promise when you take time to pray in secret, by the way. It's not going to be easy. There are going to be times when you're just not going to feel like, I don't feel like there's too much to do. There's too much to do. I can't take a time out, close the door, and go pray by myself. Or you're going to get down on your hands and knees, and you're going to be like, nothing's happening. And you're going to need this promise. You're going to need to hear Jesus saying to you, keep going because your father who sees in secret, he will reward you. And he will. That's why you should plan in 2023 to pray every day privately because he'll, he'll reward you. You'll be blessed with true spiritual riches. That's a promise. That's a promise from Jesus. And God has never failed to keep a promise. Now, that's why, that's the reason why Jesus tells us to pray. In verses 7 and 8, Jesus is going to tell us how we should talk to God when we pray. So how should you address Him? Verse 7, when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So apparently, the Gentiles would just use lots of words. They're just piling up words, piling up phrases like a tower to get God's attention, as though He can't hear you unless you use a lot of words. Or just the right words. Many of you may come from backgrounds where you treat prayer like a ritual, not a relationship. In a ritual, when you're praying, you use words like a code. You got to punch in just the right code into a machine, and then the machine called God, he gives you what you want. So say 20 Hail Marys, and God will hear you. Move your body in just the right posture at just the right time, and you'll get God's attention, and he'll hear you. Or just say the same thing again and again. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And when you do that, you're treating God like he's a machine. 
not like he's a person. You put in your 15, oh gods, you pull the lever and a chute opens up from heaven and blessing dumps out on top of you. Jesus is saying, God knows before you ask him what you need. So just ask him. Just ask him. He's not a machine where you you need to punch the code in just right or he's not going to hear you. He's a person. He's a person. And he knows what you need better than you do before you even know that you need it. I did this in Bible study a few weeks ago down the hall. Imagine your kid comes to you and says, Father, 185 centimeter tall father, father with brown hair and pale skin, father with green eyes, father 37 years old, will you give me a small wafer, a golden brown baked wafer, a crumbly wafer in the red package on the shelf, the third shelf to the left, a delicious, light, crunchy biscuit, buttery and salty. Say, are you asking me for a cracker? I know what a cracker is. Next time, just say, Dad, can I have a cracker? We do this to God, don't we? We do. Oh, heavenly, gracious, merciful, magnificent Father. Now, it's okay to pile up attributes of God if you mean it. We're just not building a tower to get God's attention. We do this. Oh, God in the heavens, at the left hand of Jesus, because he's at your right hand, God in the heavens, but you're also everywhere because you're God. Please heal my aunt, her aunt's stomach, my aunt's stomach. You can heal anything. You can heal brains, toes, eyes. You can heal noses and ears. Heal her stomach. People need stomachs to eat. My aunt needs her stomach to eat. You're the healer of stomachs, God. Please heal her stomach. Please, God, heal her stomach. Heal her stomach in Jesus' name. Healer. Amen. Healer. We don't treat God like a real person when we do that. We're treating him like he's a, like sub-personal, like he's less than us. We got to talk weird to him in order for him to get our request right. If you needed to ask one of the sheikhs of this country for something, you wouldn't talk like that. You would be respectful you would show honor, but you would talk to them as though they can hear you and as though they're intelligent. God knows what we need. He loves you. He knows what you need better than you do, so just ask him. And here's, here's the, the issue. I don't want you to get paranoid in your prayers like, oh, I just said the same thing again, and John said don't do that because that's weird. The reality is Jesus wants you to be sincere sincere, like you're talking to a person because you are. He's the person from whom all personhood comes. So he knows what we need and he cares. So that's how we should pray. What kind of things should we pray for? In verses 9 through 13, Jesus gives us an example of a short prayer. This is the Lord's prayer. It's a prayer we have from Jesus and it's very short. Now, it's good to pray this prayer word for word. Sometimes we'll do this together. We pray the Lord's Prayer. That's great. But again, Jesus is not giving us a ritual code that unlocks the gates of heaven. 
He's giving us an example of how to get to the point in our prayers and an example of the kind of things God wants us to ask Him for. So he says, verse 9, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. There's so much here. We could do an entire sermon series just on this prayer, but I want to point your attention to just three things that you should do when you pray. Just three things. So just to recap where we've been, we've given a reason why you should pray in 2023. God's going to reward you. How? Talk to him like he's a normal person who knows what you need. And here are things we should do when we pray. One, praise God and ask him to make other people praise him. So, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So hallowed, that means to make holy, to set apart so that people see it special. So when you say hallowed be your name, You're praising God and you're saying, you're special, God. You're unique. There's nobody like you. You're different and better than everyone. You're praising God, which is what he wants. God, listen, God wants us to ask him for things. He really does. But because the purpose of all things is the praise of God, and by all things I mean all time, all history, all matter, the whole universe, you and me, the purpose of all things is God's praise. Because that's true, when you engage in prayer with God, you are engaging now in the goal of all things. That's how a soul gets healthy, and it's how a soul gets happy. So when you pray, consider things you can praise God for. Always do this. When you're you're praying, spend time praising God for who He is. Lift Him up as holy and then ask that He would do the same thing in other people. If you're driving down, I don't know, if you're going 66 to Dubai or 22 to Abu Dhabi, you see a sunset. It's beautiful. There's some clouds out. It's gorgeous. There are people in the car with you. What are you going to do? You're going to say, look, if you're a normal, healthy person, you're going to say, look, you're enjoying the sunset. You want everybody else in the car to enjoy it with you. That's what you do. When you think that something is worthy of praise, you want other people to praise it and enjoy it too. And Jesus is saying, when you pray, praise God and ask that he would make others praise him as well. Here's the second thing to do in prayer. Submit your kingdom and your will to his. In verse 10, Jesus says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, again, this is not everything that we could say about these verses, but notice Jesus is teaching us to focus our prayers on God's kingdom and God's will, which means we're not focusing on our kingdom or our will. You know what a genie is? Genie, like from Aladdin. You have a a brass gold oil lamp. 
you rub it, this really powerful spirit comes out and he grants you whatever you want. We like that kind of story because we love the idea of being the boss of somebody who has unlimited power. If I had a servant who had unlimited power, I could make my kingdom come and I could make my will be done in heaven as it is on earth. But God's not a genie. Praise God that he's not a genie. Because if God gave you everything you want for your kingdom, your will, every time you asked, you would be absolutely miserable. You would. He's the boss. He's the king. We are the servants, and our happiest future is when we submit what we want to him. And we say, God, you know what I want but I trust you. And most of all, I want your kingdom to come. That's what I want. I want your will to be done. And even if I don't get the things that I think I should have, you're the boss and you know what's best. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. So when you come to Jesus to pray, when you come to the Father to pray, submit your kingdom. Do this on purpose, intentionally. Submit your kingdom and your will to his. Here's the third thing to do when you pray. Ask him to give you what you think you need physically. And then turn your attention to your spiritual needs. Verses 11 through 13. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Said verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. God cares about your physical needs. He does. Psalm 103 says that like a father has compassion on his children, the Lord has compassion on us. It's what he likes. He likes to take care of his children. And he does. So don't be afraid to tell him your needs. He knows them already, but he wants you to ask. So do it. He'll help you. There are hundreds of testimonies in this room alone of ways that God has provided for you in this year. He does it again and again and again, so ask him. But also notice that Jesus tells us to ask for daily bread. Daily bread. He does not tell us to ask for a week's worth of bread, month's worth of bread, year's worth of bread. And he also doesn't tell us to ask for our daily spa treatment. He's telling us to ask him to provide our needs for each day. I wonder if you pray like this. Do you ask God for your daily physical needs, or are you asking God to pad your life so that you don't have to be anxious for the next year? God wants to give you what you need physically. He wants to give it when you need it so that you can live for his kingdom, not so you can live for your own. We have to do a lot of soul searching here, don't we? A lot of times we pray, God, this is what I need. I really need this, God. And we're saying, it's for your kingdom. If you give me lots of money, I'm going to start this company. I'm going to give it all away for your kingdom. But really, we're trying to build our own. God wants to give us what we need physically so that we can live for his kingdom and not ours. But once we've asked God to supply our physical needs, 
Turn your attention to your spiritual needs. In this prayer, so in verses 9 through 13, there are seven requests. Only one of them has to do with physical needs. And here's the reason. The needs of your soul are much greater than the needs of your body. And Jesus wants you to pray that way. A soldier who only puts armor on his knees but doesn't wear a helmet or a protective vest for his chest has the wrong idea of what he most needs to protect in battle. A person who only prays for physical needs is like a soldier who only wears armor on their knees. You should protect your knees. But your greatest vulnerabilities in battle are your head and your chest. Our greatest need is forgiveness. I hope you hear this. Your greatest need, not an overstatement. Well, it is an overstatement. Your greatest need is God. But in order to have him, you need your sins forgiven. And God has made a way. That way is his son who lived a perfectly righteous life. No sin. So that he could go to a cross, be killed there, suffer and die for your sins. So that if you trust him, your sins are forgiven and you're given his righteousness. God wants you to have that, so receive it from him. And once we've been forgiven, if you've trusted in Jesus, Jesus, I need you to save me. I need your righteousness because I don't have what it takes. Then we need his help in the daily struggle against sin and temptation. And that's reflected in the prayer that Jesus gives us. You see that in verse 12 and 13. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. When you pray, Spend proportionate time on your spiritual needs. That's the encouragement here. Yes, ask him for your physical needs. He, he really does care. But spend the appropriate proportional time on the needs of your soul. Confess your sins to God. He knows them already. And, and listen, a lot of us, when we sin, we feel like I shouldn't approach God because I just sinned. But when you realize that's what he sent his son for, to pay for it, then you should come freely to confess. Say, God, I, I did it again. I'm sorry. Cleanse me. And he will. It's what he loves to do. Confess your sins and your temptations. Ask him to help you. You know what you're most tempted by. It's different for everybody in this room. I'm guessing you can think of three or four major sins in your life, things that you're tempted by. You know what they are. Do you pray for God to help you at the beginning of the day? You should. He wants to help you again. That's why he sent his son. When you ask him for help for temptation, you know what he's not going to say? Figure it out yourself, man. He's going to say, yes, that's why I sent my son to cleanse you and help you. The great business of your life is to become more like Jesus in your soul. That's the great business of your life, to become more like Jesus in your soul and to glorify God that way. It's not to build a business 
or make money or make a family or make a name for yourself. It's to become like Jesus. So pray that way. Let that be reflected in your prayers. God loves to answer prayer like that. So ask God to give you what you think you need physically and then turn your attention to your spiritual needs. Let's pray in 2023. That's the the thrust of this message, that you would really consider, okay, what do I need to do to get alone with God? Do it. Talk to him like he's a real person who cares for you and knows your needs better than you. Praise him. Praise him. Ask him to make other people praise him. Submit your kingdom, your will to his in your prayers. Ask him for help with physical needs. Turn your attention to spiritual needs. And as you do, remember this promise. This is so important. Take this promise with you. Your father who sees in secret will reward you. He will. Let's pray.